So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that is consistently said Max Verstappen is shit. Who wrote this intro? <laughs> What's that I can hear? It's all my chickens coming home to roost. <laughs> Welcome to Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that is actually starting to quite like the new theme music. I like what? it. Oh. I heard it today, I was like, no, actually, yeah, yeah I quite you, like it. You've been to see Martin Offer. I do. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that regrets buying all those Pierre Gasly t-shirts. I mean, I did say that was a bit much, <laughs> that we're going to become the number one. He's not... But sometimes you've got to take a risk. Yeah, and they're on sale at the Disney store. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that always, always double stacks. I double stack everything. I'm double stacking right now. <laughs> oh. I'm Chica Rez, and today from the Southwark Tavern in London Bridge, we are going to talk about the Chinese Grand Prix, where... Hamilton phoned it in, Ricardo honed his win, and Verstappen boned it right in. Plus, there's another episode of your favourite game show, this week's Chica Quiz. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who has been in a class of his own. It's Phil Tromans. Actually, that's, that's not quite correct. I've actually been in a class of my own. That's right. I've been driving the new Mercedes A-Class. What's that? It's a new Mercedes. It's a small hatchback. It's When's this going out? I don't know. Because I'm not sure if I can tell you yet if it's any good or not because there's an embargo on it. When's the embargo for? The embargo is on Tuesday. Okay, so listeners, I'll tell you what we do. We do like the IRA used to do, right? <laughs> I'm Jerry Adams and <laughs> it'll be like my voice saying your words. So you're not breaking the embargo. I am, but that's fine. So wish me my ear. Is it good or bad? Okay, no. The, the car is good. 
Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Went to Croatia, drove the new Mercedes A-Class. It can do a lot of stuff. It's one of the cleverest small cars I've ever driven. And alongside him is a man whose haircut was not suitable. It's Terry Saunders. So I got on quite well with my hairdresser. I have the same one that I go to every time. You know, I'm not a Mr. Clippers kind of guy. And I asked her for a haircut I wanted, which is a kind of fashionable, super crazy short at the sides, bit of length on the top. Was it the Meet Me at McDonald's? What's that? That's a thing. That's in all the news. All the kids are doing What's it. the Meet Me at McDonald's? I don't know what you're Matt knows what I'm talking about. She basically refused my haircut choice, saying, in her words, it's a bit village people. <laughs> <laughs> was, it a, was it an Indian hairdresser? <laughs> it, was a, it was just a, a hard hat. <laughs> I just had a picture of Bob the Builder, so I want that. <laughs> and um, we had a bit of an awkward standoff, because I was in a bit of a bad mood. So I was like, no, I want this haircut. And she kind of went, all right. And then she didn't do it. I may be going to a different hairdresser. What did you want as opposed to that? Because that is short of the sides and... But really the... short side. I wanted like bold at the side and a bit of a line where the length is. And I've just got like a graduated... Like a wedge. Sensible, bit like a wedge, but not a wedge. Like a millennial version. I want to be young again, Phil. Chica, what have you been up to? I just want to warn you now. I think this is a chance. I am extremely tired. I have had three hours sleep last night. Why? And I am... Drugs. Oh, and no. I am therefore, yeah, insane. So I cried earlier because I put too much milk in my tea. So I just feel like I just want you to go careful on this, okay? So if we could not talk about Ricardo's win, maybe we could run through some pits. The rest of this podcast will just be some soothing music <laughs> and Chica gently sobbing in the background. <laughs> So first we're going to head, as always, to Listener's Corner. And uh, that's funny because there is actually corners on a racetrack. Um, so we're going to start with one of our favourite drivers, Max Verstappen. He was driver of the day once again with a soup. What? I'm just I'm waiting. You're saying you're not No, I'm just. In, I was just enjoying waiting for my moment to shine. <laughs> oh, I see. Shall I do it again? No, no, yeah. Please Max please. Verstappen was driver of the day once again with a superb charge that showed incredible racecraft and car control from a driver that's still only 20 right until the point where he smashed into the side of Vettel for no reason. Now, Ian Montgomery said, most people twat into things because their car has worn tyres. Max Verstappen waits until his car is at its peak before driving off the road and twatting into people. I didn't know twatting was a word. Yep, the verb to twat. I twat, you twat, we twat, one twat. I'd say send him back to Toro Rosso, but evidence suggests that won't solve the problem. Now, Andy Dixon says, surely someone should be having a word with Verstappen. He's no rookie anymore. He's raced 63 races. Someone's been doing their research. He can't keep going on about crashing into folk. And finally, Philip Morby said, Terry's going to have a field day reviewing Max's performance. You know, you'd think I'm going to be all smug here and say I was right the whole time. But I just think results speak for themselves. And I'm just going to sit here silently lording it over the two of you <laughs> fucking idiots who have spent these last couple of years going oh my god he's fucking amazing oh he's great and I'm just there going he's overrated he's going to screw up and now here he is being overrated screwing up that was his race to win and he buggered it up and it's all his fault screw you both I'm out of here I'm going to do a podcast on my own called Max Verstappen is a twat I mean I still think he's a really good driver but I, it has been all over the place this year how could and he be a really good driver when he does really bad driving that doesn't make sense that's, that's like driving, saying though. I make really good sandwiches and yet they've all got a layer of mouldy butter in them but that's that's bad decisions and not bad sandwich making and I think what Verstappen makes <laughs> don't cry but that's decisions. bullshit Chica <laughs> I think Verstappen makes bad decisions and I reckon maybe the uh, FIA's press team have got in touch with him and been like 
it is so boring, mate. If you could just drive off and crash into people unnecessarily. I think that's 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 almost definitely what happened. If you think about it this way, I, I would imagine, you know, cheeky, you've probably made lots of cups of tea in your life, and yeah, normally you're pretty high. you're pretty good with them. You're pretty good at making tea. Every now and again, sometimes you put too much milk in your tea. It doesn't mean you're bad at making tea. Do we have to keep bringing this up? So imagine if once upon a time she made some tea badly, put too much milk in, and cried, and we'd be like, oh, cheeky, that's terrible. But what if? In the space of five minutes, she made another cup of tea that also had too much milk in. And then a week earlier, she'd, in qualifying for the tea, she'd press the milk down too hard and span off. Okay, this doesn't work. But <laughs> imagine that. Then you start to go, do you know what? Next time I want a cup of tea, I'm not asking Chica. But the thing is, Chica over the past couple of years has made some of the best tea I've ever drunk. I don't know. I just think he, that was his race. He lost he it. Did, he did fuck it up completely. You know, I still think he's a great driver, but yeah, he's utterly fucked this up. It was a stupid move. And in fairness to him, he did apologise to Vettel, who seemed to take it in pretty good grace, bearing in mind, which is probably just as well, because Vettel doesn't exactly have a clean slate. I mean, if I may read from uh, another tweet that I wrote, <laughs> <laughs> the famous Ayrton Senna quote that we all know, if you don't go for a gap, then you're not a racing driver. But if you do go for a gap and you totally fuck it up, your name's Max Verstappen. So there was much debate after the race as to whether Mercedes should have changed their strategy and pitted under the safety car. With the benefit of hindsight, your answer is obviously yes. Now, Robert Sims said, Lewis has lost several championships over his career based on bad team strategies. Tim Acott said, Mercedes are just too slow and conservative with their strategy once again. Great race, though. And Andrew Mei5 on Instagram says stacking pit stops should be more of a thing. Totally agree. That was scary. The double pit stop twice in a row is terrifying to watch. That was the, the thing upon which the, the race um, hinged was, was, Mercedes, uh, was Red Bull thinking quickly and going, quick, get in the pits. Both of you, we'll be ready. We've got all the tyres. We're ready to go, 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 go. But Mercedes going, is there... Is there a safety car? Oh, oh, he's gone. But imagine if uh, Verstappen had broken a mechanic's leg, <laughs> Ricardo would have just been there waiting. And yeah, it, well, was it was dangerous. High risk. High risk strategy. High risk. But and it impressive. paid off. And they did it twice. It's true, though, because the reason that I'm so angry with Max with this race is not just because I think he's a total idiot. He had an advantage on tyres. He had time. There was a lot of lap le- laps left. He did not have to punt into Hamilton or Vettel. He could have easily overtaken them. And even Vettel after the race said, I'm not going to even fight him that hard because he's on better tyres. He's going to definitely get past. So with all of that and the knowledge, he's not an idiot. And he's, when Andy says he's done 63 races, is that right? 63 sounds like a lot. Has he been going that long? That's probably about right. He's been in a couple of years now. God. Anyway, then that is, that, that should have the wisdom there to say, I'm just going to wait a couple of corners, then I'll get past Vettel easily. And the fact that he hasn't got that now because he's so impetuous is irritating. I completely agree with you. I thought that when he was tussling with Hamilton. I was like, one more corner and you'll have DRS and you'll zoom past him super quick. And then he did exactly the same thing with Vettel, one corner before he had DRS again. So almost all of the excitement in China was caused by Pierre Gasly, the hero of Bahrain becoming a comedic French villain by crashing into hapless Brendan Hartley. Just a careless mistake by a young driver, or was it? Paul Johnson on Twitter said, After all the Haas-Ferrari conspiracy theories from Melbourne, are we going to start with the conspiracy theory on Toro Rosso slash Red Bull forcing a safety car? Robin White jumped to similar conclusions. Toro Rosso collided to get the safety car to let the Red Bulls win. I'm telling you, it's Haas's wheel nuts all over again. 
Next time out, Williams or Force India are going to do the same thing to help Mercedes. Hashtag conspiracy theories. Hashtag chemtrails. It's valid. Absolutely true. Definitely, yeah. Toro Rosso screwed up the race to help Red Bull. And, and Verstappen threw it in the bin. I think if you look closely at uh, behind the scenes, you'll you'll see the hallmarks of Russia and Putin. Breaking news. I don't know if you've even read this, but it, it's come out because we're recording this unusually early on the Sunday. Normally, we have all the facts to hand. <laughs> we don't use them, <laughs> but we have them. To hand. But apparently, what had happened is the Toro Rossos had agreed that Gasly was going to be let through by Hartley. And... Gasly got a message on the team radio that Hartley's going to let you through, Ooh. but they hadn't yet told Hartley Ooh. let him through. So when he was wide to a corner, Gasly thought he was Ooh. letting him through. That's why he spanned into him. Ooh. Oopsie. Well, I see, I understood that Ferrari had agreed with Red Bull that Vettel would let Verstappen through. And so when Vettel locked up at the corner, Verstappen thought he was just letting him through. I think Verstappen just can't see other cars. <laughs> In other news, McLaren were fined €5,000 for an unsafe release after Stoffel van Dorn reported an unsecured wheel nut during Friday practice in China. So yet another balls up pit stop. Are they now at the point where teams are trying too hard to eke out another tenth in the pits that they're making mistakes more often? Yes and no. Arguably, Bottas got ahead of uh, Vettel because of a super quick pit stop that was like 2.3 seconds and two or three tenths faster than any other pit stop. So you could argue on the upside, you can win a race through that. He didn't. And on the downside, you can break a leg. So <laughs> it's hard to know exactly what's best, but I think they, they, these wheel nuts are too complicated. That's the problem. It may not be specifically the wheel nuts. I just wonder if they're, like everything is so close now you can't overtake on track so the pits are more important than ever everyone's pushing for that last little bit of time i mean people i, I get i get the feeling now that by mid-season teams are going to be annoyed if they're if there's a two at the start of their pit stop they're going to be looking for 1.9 1.8 seconds <sighs> and that means that when they were they're going to be spectacular but there's going to be quite a few fuck-ups i think has there ever been an under two pit stop? I don't think I so. I thought maybe yes. I thought Williams Definitely. did one maybe last year. No idea. I wouldn't like to put. Money Although, on did it. you hear about what happened to the Ferrari pit stop last week with broken leg gate? Why that? Why that happened? No. Because they've got sensors on the wheels that say whether the, the it's been changed. So that's how the little light system works. When all the wheels have been put back on, the computer system goes. All the wheels are on. Green light. And what happened? Because everything happens in like two seconds. Mm -hmm. This wheel hadn't come off, but the sensor was still reading that a wheel was on. So it had decided, oh, well, it must have been off and on because it's been two seconds. So the wheel must come on and on. And that's why they gave it the green light, even though the wheel's still coming off. Because it's all too bloody quick. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us, find us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, or do something on Snapchat to find for F1's sake. Or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com if you have grandkids. <laughs> Old man. <laughs> It's time for our patented trademark analysis of team by team at the Chinese Grand Prix. And we're going to start with Red Bull, the heroes of the Chinese Grand Prix. Now, Ricardo had a flawless drive. He moved from sixth 
two first in just eight laps. His tactical pit was a big plus, and we saw our first shoe drink of the season. Verstappen had another bad weekend, as we have said. He had contact with both Hamilton and Vettel, a time penalty and an unfortunate moustache. <laughs> it is shit. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's that sort of um, facial hair where it hasn't volumized yet. It's Max, if you're listening, uh, coming from someone who was once 20 and tried to grow a beard, and who is now 38 and has a fine beard, you've just got to wait, mate. It's like overtaking Vettel. You've just got to be patient. On the other hand, as somebody who's also 38 and still can't grow a proper beard, but nevertheless tries because shaving's a pain in the back side, I say go for it. Right, interesting views there, Max. Uh, Chica, you've got the deciding vote. I mean, to be fair, it was an extremely trimmed moustache. Did you see it? It was perfection moustache, but it was terrible. So yeah. I absolutely get rid of it. Now, Good. let's talk less importantly about Ricardo's performance. What do you think? Astonishing. Exceedingly good. Yeah. Those overtakes were textbook. They yeah. were brilliant. Oh, they weren't. I don't. Th- I wouldn't call them textbook. I don't think there's any textbooks that tell you overtake like that. He wrote the textbook. Okay, they it's were an all-new textbook. Up until the safety car, this race Boring looked as like... Yeah. One of the worst kind of Schumacher era races where the, everything is about that three lap window where they all come out of the pits and whether they come out in front or behind of the next guy. And the fact that there was any excitement, even on Twitter, from people going, oh, it's really exciting this bit. It's like a race is not exciting if 20 seconds of it are mildly entertaining. So that was shit. Then it got good. If you don't get up in time, like me, to watch it, I watch the Channel 4 highlights, which is an excellent way of watching it because it starts lap one and then you look up and it's like lap 10, skips through the boring bit. I mean, I think once they've got algorithms to do that real time, <laughs> then that's all we need because God, it's boring. But then it was good. So I'm not going to de- denigrate Formula 1. Started shit, I am going to denigrate it. Started shit, got good. Let's not talk too much more about Verstappen, but what? talk. <laughs> Let and me just, have my mind. Although, just shine. as an aside, I did say I can't remember his, and I'm sorry if if you're listening. Somebody sent us a tweet that referred to him as a Crichton-headed goit, which I thought was quite amusing. He does have <laughs> does a look a little head. bit like Crichton from Red Dwarf. Um, but I just wanted to know what you guys thought about Red Bull generally. Did they luck into this? Like all of Formula One, there was definitely an element of luck, but the driving from Ricardo was just so good. Well, don't forget, Verstappen was ahead of Ricardo, so he should have won this. Ricardo probably wouldn't have managed to overtake Verstappen, I would imagine, because overtaking it and yada yada. But Red Bull threw the dice. They they weren't in a great position, so they could afford to gamble. They got the cars in as soon as the safety car was called, because they knew it was going to be called because it's a conspiracy, obviously. <laughs> but um, the fact that Ferrari totally just sat there and went, oh, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Let me show you. And the fact that Hamilton then... Uh, did his normal kind of uh, guys um, why is everyone is it me or is all the cars behind me on different tyres I love that yeah yes mate it's you you're imagining it we've put, we've put weird yellow flashes on your helmet to, to freak you out you tip <laughs> but going into the next race do we honestly think that Red Bull are up with Ferrari and Mercedes it seems to me that they're all there or thereabouts but based on Australia Mercedes shouldn't be this far behind Ferrari here so all the tracks just seem to be throwing up and those three teams seem to be in the mix and then all it needs is a safety car or a fuck it's up. like top trumps or something they've all got different strengths and weaknesses it's it really like is. guile red bull are well up there but in terms of speed man maybe not so much but are you know we? ferrari are just kind of like we've got a quick car but we don't know what we're doing there's a, there's a chance and three races in one of which being really dull and one of which races being really dull for the first half so we've had of the three race season exactly half of it has been awful and half of it has been good but there's a chance this is going to be a really close great season with no overtaking. 
Except for, except for when the tyres are different. <laughs> okay, Mercedes. Now, Toto Wolff said that Hamilton was not in the best place this weekend, which is... Yeah, some- in a car in China. <laughs> <laughs> which is something you'd say about Granny when she's being difficult. <laughs> Why did they not bring Hamilton in to change his tyres? Oh, because they were all phoning it in. They don't care anymore. They've won everything for the last Well, few it's years. historic, isn't it? There's Hamilton in China not coming in to change his tyres. It's got serious history, hasn't it? Oh, Do you God, remember, yeah. was it 2007, I think it was? Yeah, when he threw away his first championship. And when he slid off in the pit lane because they'd left him out forever. So yeah. maybe they were just trying to make him feel at home. Because... Um, you, you, I mean, you jest about uh, yeah, in a car in China not being in Hamilton's best place, but he's won in China more than anybody else. He's got five wins there. I he mean, should be all over it. He just wasn't on it all weekend, was he? He just seemed like moody. grumpy, yeah. yeah. Grumpy Hamilton. He just does, He gets that like that sometimes. Sometimes he's all chipper and, yeah, I'm up for it. And this time he was like, uh, yeah, can't be bothered. And fair play to him. He seems to wear his heart on his sleeve. And um, sometimes that's not very good for racing. Do we have anything to say about Bottas? Who? Because <laughs> <laughs> despite coming home in second... A shout out to Alex Mack on Twitter who pointed out that they showed a clip of Bottas' wife like in the grandstands and the pits looking at him and his wife looks suspiciously like him. <laughs> they have got the same eyes. That is so, There's something going on there and suddenly you understand why he drives so fast. <laughs> what, what are you saying, Alex? And it's Alex saying this, not us. Oh, we're I'm not, totally we're not saying up. that they're related. Just saying, in Finland... I mean, it was it was one of the dullest battles ever, wasn't it, between Bottas and Raikkonen, as they sort of like Raikkonen's going to get no, he's not no. Ferrari, this was not a good race considering they started first and second on the grid. Uh, it was frankly embarrassing. Could they have done anything that might have made their race go better? They could maybe ever so slightly maybe respect Kimi Raikkonen and not just leave him out as some kind of mobile some kind of decoy. <laughs> For the rest of the field to like not overtake the stamp of Vettel, you know, it's just that there's this really odd. They just left him out until he had yeah. no tyres left, and then just went, "Oh God, we forgot about him." It's like if you leave a baby in a car. I'd imagine if you've got kids, if you left the baby in the car and you're inside, and you're like, "Oh God, it's quite quiet, isn't it?" Oh shit, the baby's in the car. That happens. No, I think I'm going to have a friend. Don't well, it seemed like me. You know, you know any of these documentaries where they're trying to film sharks and they just kind of throw chum into the water. It yes. seemed like Raikkonen was just chum. It's just let's attract let's attract the other drivers and then hold them up while we do whatever we want to do with Vettel. Yep. Uh, just yeah. I mean, has there ever been a more obedient number two driver? Just the fact he's taking it. Come on, Kimmy. He just uh, he doesn't get. Maybe the trouble is he's so he's so chilled out about everything. He just he doesn't fight back. He's just like ah, I don't care. No, I think he he does it. He he fires back in a way of like a sports movie. So what he'll do, he'll let the results speak for themselves. Unfortunately, there's a slight flaw in this plan. His results have been shit. But, you know, he's going to get there eventually. He'll win a race and he'll say, fuck you all. Okay, Williams. They had a horrendous qualifying, but when it came to the race, it was quite a good start from Stroll, uh, which overall was not a bad race. But the car just isn't fast enough. I know last year Alonso was like, this is a GP2 engine, but Williams have brought a whole GP2 car yeah, to this And year's. some GP2 drivers. Yeah, they are just they're just a couple of seconds behind. They can't do anything. Yeah. What's the I point? Mean, Average at best, below average most of the time. Embarrassing. Massively disappointing. I honestly don't know what else to say. We, we talked about it last week. It's very sad. I don't know how they're going to get out of it. Let's move on. They're not. Death spiral. Okay, so time for Force India. They didn't have great starts and either shoved or with a shovey at some point in the race. 
Not something to get excited about, but Force India are slowly getting better. Do you agree? They see. I mean, they were kind of just outside the points, whereas last week they were a bit more outside the points. I mean, it's just it's just a hard season for them. There's not much to say about them. They're just going to struggle, but every now and again they'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm quite so optimistic. Um, I think their luck might have finally run out, and I think they're going to be mid midfield to lower midfield. I mean, still above Sauber and Williams, obviously, but probably what a not place to be. McLaren. Um, so I just can't get used to not laughing at McLaren. Instead, now I laugh with them. Alonso overtook Vettel. He did a tactical pit, which I think was luck or conspiracy, and he came home in seventh. 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 Wow. Seventh. Van Dorn didn't get any points, but he did do some sly overtaking. Did you think Alonso would have done that well? I don't know. It's just a bit depressing, isn't it? I mean, there's all excitement that McLaren overtook a Ferrari, but albeit a Ferrari with side damage to the side pod and screwed tyres, and he didn't really overtake as opposed to barge him out of the way. Sorry, they've, they're the boy you cried wolf to me. They spent all of the last three years going, oh, as soon as we've got a better engine, we're going to be winning the championship. And they're not. They're just a bit rubbish. I'm beginning to think they're not going to be on the podium by Barcelona. Can you imagine if they actually are? <laughs> that would be amazing. We'd we'll sell, sell so, so many t shirts. <laughs> I read this thing this week about them that said, because you know, the, the last year they did this whole thing about, like, we've got the best chassis, that's why we're fastest in the corners, but we're not fast on the straights because of the engine. And the fact is, it seems the analysis is they're running too much drag. Their whole car is set up to have too much drag, so the corners are really good. But now they've got a decent engine, they've got too much drag on the straights. So actually, they were holding Honda back. So, well, we'll see if that's the case when we get to the twistier circuits then. Because if that's the case, they should be absolutely phenomenal on places that don't have massively long straights, such as China. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, but that's the thing with McLaren. You know that as soon as it comes to a thing where they've got to make a decision, they go the wrong way. They go, all right, okay, this is the race. We'll take all the downfalls off. Great. Yeah, we've decided to tactically run only one car. <laughs> well, in a way, they did. Okay. Van Dorn. Hey. <laughs> hey. Haas. So it was a bad tyre weekend for Haas. They could have done better with both their drivers if things hadn't got safe with the safety car. They couldn't really get their tyres warm and had tread issues, etc, etc. Could they have got points if it wasn't for safety? It's just weird, isn't it? Magnussen got a point, didn't he? He was 10th, I think. Uh, but they More points. Grosjean was so far back and got angry, like, you know, when... Uh, he had to give the place to Magnussen and then got all shirty about it. He went, oh, it's lap six. Why are you making me Why are you making me give up a place at lap six? I mean, in uh, fairness can you to see, him. But can you see Magnussen? Yeah, he's going off in the distance. <laughs> oh, that's why, mate. <laughs> uh, I'd actually forgotten until I was planning this episode that we nominated Grosjean as our whipping boy. And we've been very kind to him so far this season. Uh, he was very moany. He didn't do very well. He was 17th, which is pretty rubbish in a car that we know can do 10th because Magnussen did it. And let's face it, Magnussen is not exactly the second coming of Senna. 17th is just an embarrassing place to finish. There is no walk of life where going, oh, I'm 17th is good. So that's embarrassing. He just moans the whole time. His face is irritating. And the best or worst bit, which I can't really blame him, but you know they've got the fancy new graphics at the start of the race when they do the grid and they do this kind of individual going, yes. yeah, individual picture of each other, right? All the drivers just kind of stood there. And then Grosjean's one, he's pointing at the camera. And, okay, yeah, I'm going to... I mean, I'm going to be... <laughs> Slightly on his side of going, if they all went for separate photo shoots, he didn't know that no one else was doing it. But I can also imagine that they're all in a room together doing it, and he's the one going, no, it's my time to shine. Yeah. 
You should see the ones they didn't use where he was wearing fancy hats. Like a chef's hat, he's got a terrible cookbook as well, <laughs> idiot. Renault, this was a good race. These guys are actually getting reliable, which after last season feels alien to me. It looked like Sainz could have maybe overtaken Vettel when the end was in sight. Yeah, but he didn't. I'm going to say something controversial. I miss Palmer. What? 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 I miss Palmer. Well, he's our 2017 driver of the year, isn't but he? But Renault was now. far more interesting when we had a real good reason to slag it off every week. This this year, they're just a bit kind of... Yeah. I'm going to put no money whatsoever on them being the best of the midfield teams by the end of the year. But still, yeah. Toro Rosso, so they miscommunicated, they touched, they spun, and they got a time penalty. But after Gasly's amazing last weekend, I'm not angry, I am just disappointed. It's just bewildering. Like, what's happened this year? So in Australia, Haas were right at the front, you know, dicing it with the big boys, and now, like, they're kind of midfield again. Toro Rosso got up to fourth place on merit. Sauber scored a point last week. And then this week, it all seems back to normal. Haas are kind of midfield. Toro Rosso are rubbish and Sauber at the back. I don't understand. I love it. Gasly was very disappointing after after last week when I thought he was really good. This week, he was just clumsy. Although, your explanation that we just heard sort of makes sense. But still, I'll be honest, Hartley, I've been pretty disappointed by so far. Considering, A, this is his second chance and he really needs to be good. And B, he's got a bloody world championship. Which is not easy to get, no matter what series you're in. Is he this year's Kvyat? I think he'll be replaced by Verstappen. (laughs) (laughs) They could demote Verstappen. Put Gasly in the Red Bull and put Verstappen in Toro Rosso. Or might we see Kvyat come back? (gasps) No, he's a Ferrari guy now, isn't he? Palmer, though. Oh! So it will be Palmer and Verstappen in the Toro Rosso. (laughs) Gasly and Ricciardo in the Red Bull. I'm happy. Done. Next. Sauber! I have no idea what Sauber have been doing by the end of the race, but I read the post-race review because this podcast is all about research and facts and accuracy. And farts. And maturity. And I found out that they didn't really do anything except Leclerc moaned about his balance. He span in a really pathetic kind of rookie way, which is like, you know, it's fine. It's his third ever race in Formula 1. You're allowed to spin, but... The hype machine that's been bringing yeah, him into Formula 1 is making me think, actually, this guy. We'd put a lot of trust and expectation into Leclerc. He's been pretty terrible so far. Yeah. He was so far off the back. No, nope. He was last in the race, apart from Hartley, who didn't finish, making comedic errors all over the place. He, and he said last week, oh, I've been overdriving. I need, to, I need to sort that out. He hasn't sorted it out. I think he has. He's really underdriven. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> needs to find a happy little medium. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so this week I've decided to do another Verstappen-based standings based on what all the drivers think of Max Verstappen. So, in first place, he hit me but apologised, so I'm fine about it. Weirdly, that's Sebastian Vettel with 54 points. Second place, dickhead, that's on the record, that's what Lewis Hamilton thinks. Third place, my wife looks a bit like me, I don't care about this guy, that's uh, Valtteri Bottas. I hadn't realised I've married my own sister. God, the decisions I've made. In fourth place, Daniel Ricciardo, he just said who? Ah, uh, Daniel, you're so funny. Kimi Räikkönen in the fifth place said, uh, Verstappen, is that the boy who was crying in the stands last year? I don't really keep up with Formula 1. What's going on? Uh, sixth place, if I was in his red ball, I wouldn't be doing anything wrong. That's Fernando Alonso being cocky as ever. Seventh place, Nico Hulkenberg says he'll be driving a shitty Renault soon enough and I'll be king. Uh, eighth place is Max Verstappen who said, unleash the lion bar that's melted in a pocket. Ninth place, I'm so going to caveat him. That's Pierre Gasly. That's not a sexual thing. But tenth place, his balls are, if anything, too big. I love balls. That's Kevin Magnussen. 
11th place, Stoffel Ruffle, Mr. Charisma Speaks Again. 12th place, I love seeing him get picked on. That's Carlos Sainz, his uh, Toro Rosso teammate. 13th place is, I'm still here, Marcus Ericsson. Just just loves being asked anything. And in 14th place, I'm taller than him. That's Esteban Ocon, who is very shallow. And now the constructors. In first place is Mercedes, with we're actually not very good at racing. We've got a quick car, but when it comes to racing, nope. Ferrari, seven days since we last broke a leg. Third place, look at Danny Rick, what a perfect day. Don't look over there, Max Verstappen, what a loser. Fourth place, we're fourth in the championship by sheer luck alone, that's McLaren. And in fifth place, we actually got talked about more when Palmer was driving. I ruined that joke by talking about it just now. Sixth place, Toro Rosso. I mean, it was no fourth place, but we did help a doll raise by smashing into each other. <laughs> Seventh place, I mean, it was no Australia, was it? That's house. Eighth place, Sarabar. I mean, we got points last week. What more do you want? Ninth place, Force India. Remember 2017? That was fun. And in tenth place, Williams. Remember the years 1986 to 1997? They were fun. No points. <laughs> Now it is time for my quiz. Chicka quiz, chicka quiz, let me quiz your chicka quiz. So this quiz I have called Chica's Bleepers. Basically, it's going through the history of Formula One where we're going to look at the swear words. Tell me what the swear words are in the bleep, who said it and when. Christ. We're going to start with an easy one. Yeah, here's a message to Charlie. Beep off. Honestly, beep off. So what are the swear words? Phil. Hi, Phil. Fuck. Sebastian Vettel. Last year. Okay, now this one is about Massa and his taking responsibility. <clears throat> if he doesn't, then I'm going to kick three colours of beep out of the little beep. Phil. Shit. And bitch. And I think that was said... I'm so, gonna kick- so one is right. If he doesn't, then I'm going to kick three colours of beep out of the little beep. Italian flag out of the little (laughs) (laughs) No, it was bastard. Okay, and who said it? Massa. What are saying about himself? Murray Walker. <laughs> uh, it was actually David Coulthard. Did and he? he said it. Oh, at the Brazilian Grand Prix in nine, 2010. No, it was 2008 Australian Grand Prix. So this one's about Vettel. They're just like kids. They haven't Beep. got... Phil, Terry, I'm Terry. <laughs> wait, I need to do Mark the Webber Wait, wait, said wait. They're fucking it up. Kids kind of fucking it up, which was the uh, 2008 Italian Grand Prix. Nine, seven, 2007. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish the uh, question before I give my answer. Thank you. If only all of the team were like you. They're just like kids. They haven't got the experience. They beep it up. Terry, fucking it all up. It was 2007, and I think it was the Austrian Grand Prix. Can I just say, this is very much like my French oral exam, where <laughs> the teacher was trying to help me. Yeah, <laughs> and you just kept spouting off random F1 swearing incident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, it was Mark Webber talking about Sebastian Vettel. He said the word fuck, and it was at the 2008 Japanese Grand Prix. You are sat next to my computer, and I know you read that. I didn't read it. I promise you I didn't read it. <laughs> this one, number four, is about Kimi Raikkonen. What a beep of a bloke. So what's the swear word? Who said it? And when and where? Terry. Shit. Said by me on a podcast last year. Don't flatter yourself, Terry. I'm making games out of things you've said. What a bleep of a bloke. Dick. It was said by Lewis Hamilton. 
Terry, it was Prick and it was said by Schumacher. No. Terry, it was Wanker (laughs) and it was said by Nigel Mansell. (laughs) Terry, it was Denny Holm and he said Denny Holm. (laughs) What a Denny Holm of a bloke. Okay, it was 2016 Monaco Grand Prix. It was Mark Webber, it was Daniel Ricciardo. It was Daniel Ricciardo, it was at the 2016 Monaco Grand Prix (laughs) and he said Bastard. Yes. The C word? Yeah. Oh. Is it that by Raikkonen? Okay, so it is 7-4 to Phil. Uh, and so that is one all now, I think, of the two quizzes in this very long season of quizzes. Yep. And now it is time for the State <laughs> of F1 with Terry Saunders. Okay, for the last few years, F1 has been positively wetting itself over how young the drivers are. Max is 20, Alonso is 20 when he started, and there's this guy I know in Formula Renault who's wearing nappies all the time. He's 37. (laughs) Anyway, if you add up Max Verstappen and Lance Stroll, you get a really ugly baby, but still one that's only a year younger than me, and I still harbour distant dreams of being an F1 driver. But today's impetuousness by Max Verstappen was all about youth. He was on better tyres and had time on his hands and he could have won the race, but he fucked it up because he couldn't wait. And I get that. When I was 20, I hated waiting for things. Girls, boys, beard hair, buses, pubes, all of that. But the problem is, as old codgers will tell you, with age comes wisdom. And a wiser driver, <coughs> Daniel Ricciardo, would have won the race today. Oh, and he did. We need to stop these young whippersnappers coming in with all their inexperience and being fucking kids, fucking it up for everybody else. But don't worry, I have a solution. Well, we aren't going to have any kind of age limit shenanigans. We're going to have to think laterally, which is why I propose artificially ageing all the drivers. <laughs> Not physically, of course. That would be crazy. Instead, I think we should mentally age them. And how do we do this? Well, we use state-of-the-art Formula 1 technology and utilise the simulators. Every morning when they're not racing, the young drivers have to go into the simulator and are given a real-time, second-by-second simulation of a boring job. Imagine, (laughs) tomorrow morning, Max Verstappen gets to the Red Bull factory at Milton Keynes and has to deal with the HR department who has spelt his name wrong and Carol's eating all his yoghurt but won't admit it. Then he has to endure nine soul-crushing hours taking calls from idiots inquiring about insurance plans and Raymond organising Emily's leaving lunch, but don't forget Craig is gluten intolerant. By the time he gets out of the simulator, his soul will be so crushed he'll have no desire to crash into anyone and he'll probably drink more. There you go, solved it again. Just why don't they just hire me, Liberty? I've got great ideas. And that is it from us. It's goodbye to Voltromans. We haven't had time to talk about the fact that when there's only a week between races, there's very little that goes on that we don't talk about in the main podcast. Thus, I have nothing to talk about, and I'm not happy about it. And to Terry Saunders. We also haven't talked about something that's really starting to piss me off and grind my gears, which is that Now TV is a full minute behind everything else, and I've decided this year to pay, cough, not pay, for a full year's subscription to Now TV, and it is a minute behind. It's shit. I have to send so many tweets that are just guessing what's going to happen in the next minute to try and seem relevant. Okay, so we'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and... MySpace, Bebo. Tinder. Um, just There's a mailing list that you can get. Yeah, we've got some fanzines coming out. A bulletin board... And Terry, where can you get all the treats from? Well, <laughs> come into my van, little girl. <laughs> oh. uh, specifically the FF1S branded merchandise oh, type shit. treats. Right. <laughs> www.ff1s.com forward slash it's a van. <laughs> <laughs>
It's just a van. <laughs> I feel like we should get an FF1S branded van selling merchandise at some of the schools. European. <laughs> I was going to say European races, but I will be amazed if this stays in. Me too. Shop, shop, shop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been Chigres. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.